Hey, good morning, Hill City Church and uh, friends and visitors, guests that are coming and joining us here today, this Sunday morning. Thanks for being with us. I'm excited to share with you today. Um, I know you can tell I usually am, and because uh, it is, it's a real privilege for me. And I'm, I'm happy to share with you today, uh, as we're talking about Jesus, I can't think of a, a more important figure to study in our lives. If we're going to follow an example, who would be the perfect example that's set? None other than Jesus himself as he walked on the earth. We have so much in the Bible that we can talk about. You know, um, I hope you're doing well. I hope that you are doing really well. And I say that sincerely. Uh, and if you need anything, man, get a hold of us. Sometimes we don't know if you are not doing well. Uh, and we would love for you to give us a call. Uh, I, I think some people think we're not here because the office is closed through the week. Well, that's because there's nobody at the front desk and it, there is some limitations. But we're meeting with people and we're in the office through the week. And if you just need somebody to talk to you need to come in for prayer you want elders to lay hands on you anoint you with oil for healing come on we're here and uh, we're available to you so anything that you need i realize that it's a bit of a challenging time so jesus is here for us amen and uh you know we're here for you and we want to kind of give you a little bit of help here and so like are you are you personally being discipled in your life to live and love like Jesus that's the whole idea here as we study the life of Jesus we can watch what he did we can learn from him and we can live up and live well and love well like he did because we can model the things that he showed us today i'm going to talk about Jesus and the things that he did that were kind of unique some of you as we talk about Jesus getting alone into solitude and spending time alone with his father is an example of a devotional life for sure. Uh, and, you know, I figure if he needed to do that, I mean, Jesus needed to do that. Jesus did that. Then how much more do you and I uh, need to uh, or should we rather want to spend time with our father in heaven who's readily available for us? And we have that access because of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so if that's a strange statement to you today, think about that and listen along. God is not actually too far away. He's as close as a mention of his name if you want to reach out to him today. Come in a little closer here and let your heart be touched. Some of the things that you're going to hear today, for some of you, you're like, oh, well, you know, that's, that's, there's nothing new there. You know, like, sure, I do that. Uh, yes, do we do that? Do we do that? I'll leave a little, a few things here with you. And this is just, this is like week three of Jesus, the perfect example. We 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 kicked kicked it off there about how Jesus, you know, didn't punish people. So why should we? And and then how he also in we talked about in the second week about how he noticed and he added value to people. And you know, when you think about all that and the challenge of that, this idea of him getting alone with his father kind of builds up and holds up that idea because because he depended on his father in heaven. And this is the idea that's behind us. But, you know, it's like, you know, get into the life of Jesus for a day. And what was daily life for him? I like to believe that, you know, he started with the drink of champions in the morning, a nice cup of coffee, you know, with a little bit of cream in it. And, and that was his kickstart of the day and stuff. And some of you are thinking I'm heretical right now, just even saying that. And that's okay. I didn't mention any of my favorite coffees or coffee companies or providers today. So we won't mess with that. 
But what was Jesus' daily life like? And why did, why did he go off alone for solitude? And why did, he, why did he prioritize these unhurried behavioral patterns in his life? And why did he choose to take time alone? Well, you know, some good news for you uh, nature lovers. This is the fun part of all this. Is It's all fun, but uh, wh why... Jesus loved the outdoors, and we, we catch up with him. And I, I just kind of pulled some scriptures out of uh, chapter 1 and the first part of chapter 2 of Mark. And I, I'm not even going to bother put these up for you, but, but listen to this, okay? This is Jesus loved the outdoors alone. And you kind of have to ask yourself why. It says in, in Mark 1 verse 12, it says, compelled by the Holy Spirit to go into an uninhabited desert region. Well, well, I guess for some people that's interesting, uh, but it's out in the wild. We're talking nobody's there, uninhabited, outdoors, in the wild. In, in verse 16, chapter 1, walking along the shore of Lake Galilee. There it is, you know. It's, I can see him picking up a nice flat stone, skipping across the water, and seeing an eagle go by, and 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 just being out there alone. So here we find him. He's out in nature alone. Mark 1.35, the next morning, Jesus got up long before daylight, left the house while it was still dark. Some of you are groaning, going, is Pastor Mitch saying we have to get up early? <laughs> I'm not saying that, but this is what Jesus did. And it says, so he made his way to a secluded place to give himself to prayer, to prayer. He got out away and alone to pray. And here he is, Mark 2, verse 13. He's out beside Lake Galilee again. And then we read on the day of rest on Mark, in, in Mark 2, 23, one Saturday on the day of rest, Jesus and his disciples were walking through a field of wheat. What a beautiful picture. Wind's blowing, the wheat is swaying, and they're just, it's a day of rest, okay? And they're walking out in creation. And for some of you, I love it outdoors, and I know so many of you do. And, of course, that's now, I'm like, my wife is watching this and listening. She's going, that's great, honey. Let's We're going we're gonna to go do that hike by the lake again, and we're going to go out kayaking again, and this is fantastic. See, we're close to God because we're in nature. Just a minute, just a minute. Uh, there's a reason why he got, he, he was out there to find a place alone where he could commune with his father, where he would be talking. It was It was to go to a solitary place, a place that he could connect with God. And, and it's irrelevant whether you're outside because you can do that just as well inside. Some say, well, listen, let's talk to the creator in creation. Yes, but let's not worship creation. Let's worship the creator and not get caught up because we can be even distracted in out there in creation and it can be all about us. And, and I know, I'll tell you what, we sure benefit when we spend time with our father. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, and yeah, so is that about us for sure? But it's about a relationship with our Father in Heaven. I think Jesus' life is a roadmap, roadmap for you and I to follow that consistently, uh, absolutely reliable to navigate us through um, really for you and I, all of our social dilemmas that we're ever going to face. And I'll tell you, there's, there's umpteen dozen of them right now in the world that we live in. Uh, and Jesus is the answer. Jesus and his dilemmas and his challenges to do life, he got alone. He isolated. He got into a place of being unhurried, a place where he could commune with his father in heaven. He could talk with him and he could be in his father's presence and he could hear from him and he could be strengthened to do the will of his father in heaven. 
And uh, I want to show you why Jesus chose solitude and why we should too. It, it actually says and confirms in Luke 5 verse 16, look what it says here. It says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. And what did he do? It says that he prayed. He withdrew from daily activity and people and he went off he went off alone and he, 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 he spent time with his father. He fostered an intimate relationship with Abba, Daddy, Father, and spent time intimately with him. And if he did that, I mean, I stop and think about it. If he did that, like, you know, it's, I can tell you all this, but, but is there a longing and a desire just to spend time with your Father in Heaven because you have access to him? And you have access to all the riches of heaven and the heart of the of, of our Father in heaven by just going to him. And he's available to you. And so we see out of this intimacy for Jesus flowed, God his Father was a source for him of compassion and wisdom and power to do what God called him to do. And so it prepared him to do the things. And so part of this was even him going out and preparing himself for ministry. Let, I just want you to look at that. And so, you know, imagine, you know, can we even imagine that we could live well or love well without following Jesus' example here? I, I, I can't. I can't. I really can't. And I don't think we should be in denial over that. We need time. And so really, as you look at this, the number one reason, I'm going to talk about some reasons here, but number one reason was to spend time with his father, to spend time with in the presence of his father. And this is my appeal to you in your devotional life of living for God. So one of the first things here we read in the Bible uh, about what Jesus was doing is, is that he did this off alone, spend time with his father to be strengthened, to overcome temptation. Nobody here has ever been tempted. We are tempted continuously. Look what it says in Luke 4 verse 1 to 2. And this is Jesus heading out in the desert. He's going to be tempted of the devil. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And at the end, of course, he was very hungry. Uh, and the devil came along and tempted him in these various ways, even to turn rocks into bread, stuff like that. And, and things, things to, to tempt the will of God uh, but here, what he was doing was he was spending time alone. And I, I noticed that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left Jordan and was led out by the Spirit. And yes, there was the leading of God, but he was already full of the Spirit. Sometimes I think we go, well, hey, what's the next meeting? I'm full of the Holy Spirit, you know, and I'm, I'm good. I don't, tomorrow I don't need to. No, 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 no. It's not like that. You don't know what tomorrow may bring. And there's a new temptation every day. As long as there's a new day, there's a new temptation and a new thing to run into. And so one of, the, one of the keys here is that if you want to have strength to overcome temptation, because temptation, when we succumb to temptation, it is sin. So we don't want to sin against our holy God. We love God. We want to obey God. So to overcome Satan and temptation, the temptations of our own flesh, spend time with our Father. Be in his presence. Be in his what? Holy presence. Learn from him. Hear from him. Let him minister to your heart. Get a sense of security and authority and power to overcome Satan because this is the God of heaven who defeated Satan who now lives in you by his spirit. And you're reassured. You are able, more able. I'll just say it this way. You are more able to resist your foe, the devil, Satan, by being with your father and spending time with your father. 
in heaven, spending time in his presence, getting alone and talking to him, being with him, fostering that intimate relationship. What an example. The second thing we see that, that Jesus did is he, he got alone with his father to prepare for ministry in Luke 4, verse 14 to 15. It says, then, and it's, it's, this is in the same chapter, okay, of, of him being tempted of the devil and he's in the desert and all this. Then Jesus armed, look at this, armed with the Holy Spirit's power, returned to Galilee and his fame spread throughout the region. He taught in the synagogues and he glorified God. Jesus did this to prepare for ministry. Is there anybody here in ministry? Say, oh, no, that's, that's Pastor Mitch and Bonnie and, and Brian and Bonnie and that's Joel and Jenny and that's Mark and Yvonne and that's Roy and Betty. And, the, you know, you're naming off, you know, Vivek and Deborah and all these people that are in ministry in my church. It's like, listen, to each one a manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. You're all in ministry. You all have the ministry of reconciliation on you and you need to be prepared for that. You want to be prepared for that? Get alone with your Father in heaven. Hear his heart. Hear his heart about what that day is going to be. And drop something right in your heart that day for somebody you're going to meet down at the store. Who knows that you're going to run into. This is preparation for the ministry that we're all in. You don't want to be a minister of your own, out of your own knowledge, out of your own idea of just your goodness. You want to minister out of God's goodness. You want to minister by the Spirit. You want to minister out of grace, the grace you've received. And when you get in God's presence, guess what? You are reminded of the grace that you've received, and then you can give the grace to other people. You can, but you got to be prepared. You got to be prepared. My goodness, I don't take this for granted. I, I pray. I say, Lord, help me. Uh, just before we started, Brian prayed for me again. Thanks, Brian. Um, I need this. We need to prepare ourselves because we're in ministry 24-7. And you say, well, you know, not me. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm at home. I'm raising some kids. What about that ministry with those children? Oh, my goodness. The questions they ask and the leading that they need and the oversight and, and, and the stuff that you get to pour into them. What a ministry as you hold that baby and you pray for the, their whole legacy of your family and your future. Like, come on. This is a huge thing. Huge thing. Huge thing. I mean, God, as if God isn't going to meet you as a mom at home or a dad at home with your kids when you're looking after them and you're making meals and you're cleaning up after them. He, the, he died for families. He, he died for legacy and future. So anyways, wow, what a ministry that we all have. Okay, I'm getting kind of excited now. This is great. This is all out of Jesus' example. He did this. I need to do this. You and, you and I all do this. You say need to do this. It's almost like, well, I'm telling you, you better get into God's presence. Or you're not going to be prepared to do ministry. Um, no, I'm saying you can't do ministry without God's presence because it's going to be you. It's not going to be him. You want it to be him. You want to be his power. You want to be his word. You want it to be his presence that's speaking through you. Amen. Uh, number three here is Jesus. Jesus got alone, went in solitude to recharge the batteries. Uh, he encouraged his disciples. Let's 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 get recharged. There's there's a point of of going alone to be with our Father. Hear, hear what I'm saying. I'm just saying, you know, R and R. I'm talking about to recharge in God's presence. I'm being specific here. Do you need strength? Do you need to be lifted spiritually? Are you tired? Spirit, soul, and body. Okay, there's for the body, there's the R&R, &R, there's all that. But what about your spirit? How are you going to recharge your spirit? Well, in Mark 6, verse 30 to 32, evidently they were a little bit tired. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done, all that they had taught. 
then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, this is Jesus says to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. How beautiful. Jesus modeled it. And of course, he was, he was there with them, being a source to them. And he led in that to say, come on, let's go. Crazy thing is in the story, what happened is that people recognized them and they followed them in this solitary place. And that's what preceded Jesus' miracle of feeding the 5,000, which is kind of funny. But notice they all served gladly. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, they didn't get their recharge. They didn't get their, you know, plug into the source of God here and get, um, well, sure they did. And they got recharged by serving. Sure they did. And they were ready to drop their needs in a moment and go and take care of everything that was needed right there in front of them, right in that moment and the people's needs and they were compassionate to it. Uh, so it's, it's just like, you know, the, the it's like you, you phone us on the weekend. Yes. Hey, you have a need. Come on. Like this is just part of life. You know, the uh, problems and issues and stuff when, when we need one another, they don't pick the best time. You know, I remember um, our pastor, Pastor Dave, you know, being on holidays out in Keats Island and him running home because somebody, somebody passed away and it was it's someone close and someone in the congregation. It's like, it's like, you just, you just do what needs to be done. But you still, this is why we need to plan time alone because there's, there's interruptions, right? But this is what creates that unhurried behavior pattern is that we actually create that margin. We create that space to go and recharge our lives in the presence of God. Okay. Anyways, I was going to say something, a joke, but I won't. I don't think it was that funny. Somebody told me that's not funny, so I won't say it. Number four is, uh, you're going like, what was he going to say? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Anyways, number four, Jesus got alone to work through grief. Grief is one of those things, man, like it's so heavy and it, it doesn't go away overnight when you're experiencing loss. And there's lots of different kinds of loss and grief that people can go through. I realize that losing a loved one is a very deep and heavy one, but you know, you can, you can lose a, a job, you can lose a house, you know, it can burn down or it can be taken away. I mean, things happen. In Matthew 14, 12 to 13, it says John's disciples came and they, they took uh, John, his cousin's body away because um, he had been beheaded. And so it says John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. Then they, they went and told Jesus. And when Jesus heard that, that what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately, private, privately to a solitary place. Even Jesus grieved the loss of John and, and chose to get away. One of, the, one of the most powerful healing moments for you and I in those really, really painful things of grief, and there can be, there can be grief because someone's putting us through grief that's valid too. And we just don't know how to deal with it. It can be a loss of someone or something. But you see, because grief takes time, we need to take time. We need to take time in the presence of our Father. We need to allow Him to comfort us. Comfort us. We need to allow Him to hold us. You know, as it's like that song, where do you go when you need some helping? Well, where do you go? You go to God, okay? Because this is not just, you know, instant and I'm free of these feelings and the emotions. These are sometimes long, lifelong situations that all of a sudden end. But I want to assure you, you know, if you're grieving today, you're going through grief, get in the presence of your Father in heaven. Come close to him. Be right with him. I remember, man, um, 
working with somebody years ago and spending so much time and pouring into them and counseling them to go the right way. And then they made this terrible decision. And I was just absolutely distraught because I knew the pain they'd throw themselves in. And I ended up, I just had to, I just had to get in the presence of God. And I cried for them. I cried because I was sad and I, and I didn't have the power to make the decisions for them. And that's hard. And, 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 but getting into God's presence, I was able to cast my care on him because he cares for me. Cast my care for this person. He cares for that person more than I do. You see how this works? God is miraculous that way. He's life-changing when we're in his beautiful and wonderful presence. He doesn't reject us. He just envelops us when we come to him. Number five, and Jesus did this. Number five, Jesus, before making an important decision, he got alone. He got alone. We read this in, in uh, Luke 6, verse 12 to 13, and it was a big decision. One of those days, one of those days, Jesus went out on a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying. Look how he spent the night praying to God. Verse 13 says, when morning came, he called his disciples to him and he, he made a big decision. He, he chose 12 of them whom he also designated as apostles. So it was a big decision for Jesus. You say, but it's Jesus. He did, you know, goes out alone, spends a whole night in prayer over the, a decision. You and I have some big decisions to make in life. I don't know, maybe you're entertaining the idea of, uh, you know, starting a relationship with somebody or like kind of popping the question and say, hey, I think we're something. Let's work on this toward marriage. That's a big decision. That's a lifelong decision. Maybe you're you're in a situation where you're saying, hey, you know, we're supposed to move. Or we're supposed to sell a house. Or we're supposed to buy a house. Or, or you know what? Some people are saying, hey, you know, pastor, what are we supposed to do? Uh, you know, I've heard all these things about this vaccine. Some people say it's experimental. Some people say you don't know, all these kind of stuff. I said, listen, you need to take a balanced view, but you know, the best thing that you can do is do your research. You know, we're doing some and we're gonna let you know as much as we can find out about it. I'm not here to, to rattle your cage or scare you or make a big, great big opinion here, uh, but to say, why don't you pray? Why don't you get in God's presence? Why don't you pray about this? You're not being forced at this point to, to uh, take a vaccine. If you're in a position say, I don't want to, and maybe you're in the position say, I'm quite fine with it. No criticism. Get in the presence of God about big decisions, important decisions. Bible talks about, we don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, everything that you're trying to decide your big decisions, little decisions, in all your ways, acknowledge him and says he'll make your path straight. So what I guarantee you is that that's a promise from God. What he'll do is he'll show you what to do. He will give you a sense. He'll give you direction. He'll direct you uh, in his word. He'll direct you to people. He'll, he'll speak to you directly. He spoke to me directly over the years, sometimes specifically of what I needed to know. And, and, you know, I remember him saying, I called you to shepherd a different kind of flock. I heard him. I cried. I'm like, that's God speaking to me right now. I know. I bear witness. And I remember when God spoke to us about moving from where we used to live over in Clearbrook and, and buying or selling a house and buying over here. And God spoke to us. And so we didn't stop there. We kept praying. We said, Lord, this is in your hands. How? When? What? Lord, wow, you, okay. Big decisions. We need to bring those things in the presence of God and get alone with them and hear from him, not lean on our understanding. We want to have a straight path. Paths of the righteous order to God. Remember that. Order to whom? <laughs> order to God. Your father. You know, kind of seek some advice. Maybe you need wisdom today. God says, you know, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. He's, God's not going to push you away and find fault with you. We say, well, I'm not, well, I don't have enough wisdom. No, he says he wants to give it to you liberally. He doesn't 
hold back. You know, it's like Solomon, you know, it's like, God, of all the things that I would ask for, he says, give me wisdom to lead your people. And because God, that's what he said, God gave him everything else too, you know, because God is good and God provides abundantly. The next thing we see Jesus doing is that he went alone to pray, to be with his father, find solitude in a time of pressure, in a time of pressure. I would imagine that of those that are listening to me today, there's pressures of different kinds. Some of it's financial pressure, relational pressure, it's work pressure, COVID pressure, it's health pressure, it's raising kids pressure, it's a bunch of things. Pressure. Do you want to let the air out of that tire? <laughs> okay, pull the valve stem out completely, break the bead, let all the air out of that tire of pressure. Get into the presence of God and bring it to him. Look in Jesus here, Luke 22, 39 to 44. As Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, as usual, <laughs> and his disciples followed him. And on reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He wanted them to stop and pray, pray for him. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, again, a little bit farther away from them, a little bit more secluded, secluded, but secluded from them even. It says he knelt down and he prayed. And he prayed this, Father, here's the pressure. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And he was praying because he knew that he was going to have, he was, he was facing his death. He was going to face a terrible death, a death he, besides getting flogged and all the mistreatment and, and getting pushed around and punched around and all that stuff. He was going to be, he was going to be crucified. He was going to have nails driven through his hands and feet, you know, and he was seeing that, and he was seeing the weight of the sin of the world coming on him, okay? And I'd say a little bit of pressure. So there's the human side, but you see he submitted himself to God, and he said, well, not your will, not my will, but yours be done. And it says that an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Hey, how's that? Ang angels have, have shown up and strengthen people in times of distress and pressure and being in jail and being in some really precarious places. And it says in verse 44, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. And you can say, well, yeah, well, that was Jesus and look what he was facing and all that. Yes, 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 yes. But he was fully God and he was fully man. And I'll tell you, the fully man part of me uh, is it's saying to you and I, the fully, fully man and woman part of us as men and women, if you're in anguish, pray more earnestly. Pray more. He prayed more earnestly. We should pray more earnestly in these times of pressure and cast our cares on him because he, he cares for us. And you see time in God's presence, it gives me courage. You know, I think back at some things I've had to do. I'm like, wow, God, you, why did you pick me to do this? I'm like afraid of all these people and I got to talk to all these people and now I'm in front of magistrates and blah, blah, blah. And I'm leading this It's like, uh, what do I do? I get in God's presence. <laughs> and he gave me courage. And I build myself up in my holy faith. And I was able to do what he called me to do. You see, uh, pressure, pressure can cause us to do a lot of things and to escape the pressure. Like we do sometimes go into hiding and we do things to appease the pressure that actually just, just comforts our soul. And it doesn't strengthen our spirit. And it's like, you know, it's like going off and getting drunk or going and getting high or, or um, you know, just overeating or like there's so many things or just, you know, 
jumping into sexual relationships, you know, without any care and, and then really regretting it later and wondering what in the world am I doing and all this kind of stuff, you know, and feeling torn in the heart. But, you know, pressure, pressure should cause us to lay on the ground before God alone and say, Lord, here it is. I've laid on the ground in some really strange places. I remember coming home late one night. I was I was just like at my wit's end. I'm like, God, my family's at church. You know, I'm working on the dairy farm and this is hard. I'm working long hours and they're at church. And, and here I am an elder in the church. And I, I, how come I have to do this? This is, you got me in the wrong job. And, and you know what I did? I was, I was like, what am I doing? Lord, help me. And I laid down on the ground in the middle of the field, you know, at eight o'clock at night in the dark, and I looked up at the stars and I began to weep. And I, sorry, I feel that way now when I think of it because he just met me because I wanted to meet him. I needed help. Where's your helping? Lay down on the ground and seek his face. And I'll tell you, he speaks to you. And that experience touches my heart because today I can come right into his presence right now. And it's him, it's him, it's his presence. And it changes me and it wrecks me and it does undoes me and it helps me and it makes me strong and causes me to see him and not see all the garbage and all the clutter and all the things that are in the way and recognize all the things that I would be overwhelmed with that I can't change and go, but Lord, I give them to you to change. You love me. I stand in your presence. You see time in God's presence gives us clarity. It helps us to see. I'm going to wrap this up here, but you know, I'm exhorting you to get alone and spend time in God's presence. David, I love what David wrote here in Psalm 73, verse 16 and the first part of 17. You can read all of it because there's a context why he was thinking this way as he looked at the world around him and he was mad and he was jealous and he was confused. It says, when I tried to understand it all, okay, all right, just look at the world you live in today. When I tried to understand it all, I just couldn't. <laughs> it was too puzzling, too much of a riddle to me. But then one day I was brought into the sanctuaries of God and in the light of his glory, my distorted perspective vanished into, into thin air. What a beautiful scripture, another another. Uh, version said it this way. It was oppressive until I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood. You see, just get into the presence of God and you will understand. This is why we worship the living God. This is why we worship it and why worship is such a wonderful value because we just come and we begin to declare and proclaim in song. We lift up our hands. We surrender our lives. We say, this is who you are, God. This is why we proclaim the word of God and why we speak it. We get it in our heart. We begin to, you know, memorize it. It gets hidden in our heart so that we overcome and we begin to speak it. And it's the very word of God. It's bread from heaven for us. And this is why we are a presence-driven church here at Hill City Church because we value the presence of God and we appeal to you to value the presence of God. This isn't about time alone just with yourself. This is about time alone with your Father in heaven. Jesus, God alone, to spend this essential, essential, no other option, essential time with his Father
and to receive all that he needed. So Jesus carved out the time. My appeal to you today, how are you going to carve out the time to be with your Father in heaven? How are you going to carve it out? I appeal to you, carve it out. Carve it out. You have to carve it out because you see oftentimes something else is in that spot. So I want to ask you to do that. I want you to remember um, that when you get into his presence, you, can, you become made strong to overcome the devil and to overcome sin and temptation, temptation and sin and temptation to sin. You prepare your heart, okay, from, so that he prepares you so you can help others, so that you can be an impact and make a difference in other people's lives. You recharge yourself spiritually. Some of us, we need to go there and grieve before him and with him. And we seek his wisdom on important decisions. All And like he says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And then we find relief from all the pressure that's on us, all the stress. And we get clarity and we get actually his perspective to replace our perspective. We get clarity. We get to see things as they really are. Remember the presence of God. It's not a place. He's a person. And he's waiting for you. And he's as close as the mention of his name and his arms are open and he's receptive to you. He says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. He says that in the book of James, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Today, if you don't know God, just, you know, hear what I'm saying. Pray with me right now and say, God, are you there? Just speak to him. Trust me. I was 18 and I said, God, are you here? Well, he's been here ever since. I That first moment that I actually had to humble myself and say, God, I need you. I can't live without you. I've screwed it up. Lord, come and save me. Would you pray with me today and say, God, come and save me? Others of you just come and pray and just say, God, come and help me. Come and help me today. This is what it is. He longs to spend that time with you, believe it or not. Father, in Jesus' name. We come boldly before your beautiful throne of grace, an invitation to each and every one of us to carry to you by faith. We're not going to come to you unless we believe you exist. So we're going to come to you. And you said without that simple faith, it's, it's impossible to please you. So we come to you because we know you exist. We believe you exist. We know that you hear us. And so, Father, I pray with some here, Father, save me. Save me from my sins. Save me from the things that are controlling me. Save me from the things that are overcoming my life. Come and forgive me and make me whole. Father, help those that are crying out to you today and saying, Lord, I need help right here. God, I need strength. Father, we endeavor, God, to walk in these promises that Jesus led us, is leading us in so we can live, really live and really love like he does by just spending time with you and getting alone with you in your wonderful presence. Bless those that are listening today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. If you prayed, there's more to that prayer of inviting Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. And there's people that are waiting online here that would be happy to talk with you and pray with you. If you're watching this later on, hey, listen, you send us an email. Get a hold of us. Get a hold of me and just say, hey, I made a decision that day to surrender my life to Jesus. Listen, let me, let us help you begin to walk that walk with God in your life.
God bless you all. Guys, have a great day. Go enjoy the great outdoors. Get alone. Have some fun in God's presence. God bless you today. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We would love to hear how you have been impacted by this message. You can contact us at info at hillcity.ca or simply find us on Facebook and Instagram.